It never changed God's perspective. So we think that God sees us based on what we do. We think that God rewards us based on our actions and on our merits and on our good deeds. We think that He rewards and that He's moved by the good things we do. That's a, that's a, that's a, that, that came from this fallen mindset that like we have to earn these things. And that God's waiting for us to do the right thing so that He can do something. That's, that's works. That's a mixture, right? God's going to do something good, but I've got to do my part. And, and Paul's like, man, if you ever hear a gospel like that, I don't, he even said it in Galatians 1, I don't care if an angel comes down and ministers to you a gospel that puts pressure on you, let that angel be accursed. Paul was, well, he got into the Galatian church, he preached grace, he freed them, he set them free, amazing things were happening just because God was in love with them and they actually began to realize it and they begin to wake up every day in expectation and then other people come in and start saying, no, it actually matters what you do, brother. You need to do this, you need to read your Bible more, you need to pray more. How much time have you spent praying in the Spirit? Miss Betty, how, many, how much praying in the tongues did you do for the Lord to do that for you? No, fasting, reading the Bible, something. You did something, right? You know what you did? You exist. Thank you. That's all it is. Listen, that's what it's about. Listen, reading our Bibles and praying and fasting and praying in the Spirit, those are necessities. We need those things. But listen, I've learned more. I've, you know, I've, I've read less Scripture this year than I have in my whole uh, uh, life of being saved, but yet I've actually learned more. Because I'm actually spending time with the author with the one who inspired it than just the book. Because a lot of us grew up, I said that a couple weeks ago, a lot of us grew up with that, that mindset. We've been taught it's, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And, and we've, we've, we've valued and we've lifted up the Bible higher than any other thing where we've, we've literally like worshipped this and it's become this place of... of uh, softening our... We feel better about ourselves. And in feeling better about ourselves, well, if we feel good about ourselves, God must feel good about us too. And if God feels good about us, God's going to do something. And it's law. It's, 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 law. It's, it's a mixture of just mess. And it's, it's why we, we, we sometimes struggle like we do. Listen, Jesus put it like this. In order for you to actually be able to receive from the Father... You gotta become like a kid. I, has anybody in here ever met like a like a four, four or five year old that thinks in order to get something good they gotta go work some? I mean seriously. Wow, I really want that. What 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 do I, what do I need to do to get that? Right? What kind of work do I need to do to earn that thing? Right? That's not a child. A child is like, oh, wow, that's awesome. It's the, it becomes a desire and all they do is talk about it and all they do is think about it. And all of a sudden, it's just the good pleasure of the parent to just bless them because they love them. Because the parent sees it. That's really a desire of that child's heart. 
and I want to give to that child. I want to give to my child. And because it's a desire of their heart, I'm, I'm going to give it to them. And they hadn't, that child hasn't done a thing to earn it. We've, we've, you know, a lot of the faith movement, which, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, faith. But a lot of the faith movement has really, like, we've, we've put pressure on ourselves to put faith. I've heard this, I heard this said one time, to put faith in our faith. It's all about having faith in your faith. Where is your faith? How big is your faith? Are you in faith? You, you, it's all about our faith in our faith. And that's not even what faith is. Faith is not even about us. See, see, we actually, the faith that we have is the faith of Jesus. God has actually given us His faith. Do you realize that even faith is a gift? Faith is a gift from God. It's not something you can work up. It's not something you create. He gives you faith. And it's not just faith. It's the very faith of Jesus. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live what? By the faith of the Son of God. I li- Paul's like, I live by the faith of Jesus. And the faith of Jesus is like, in, in Hebrews 11, 11, 2, He's the author and He's the finisher. We've, we've read it as He's the author and the finisher of our faith. But He's actually, the, the correct translation is, He is the author and He is the finisher of faith. Period. He's the author. He created it. He wrote it. He wrote the book on it, from starting from chapter 1 and ending in chapter 2. Or, cha- or ending in the last chapter of the book. He is the author and He is the finisher of faith. And what God does is He speaks the word to you. All His promises are yes and amen. God speaks the word. And it's a yes and amen. And then He gives you the faith of Jesus to carry it out. And what, what have we done so often? We gotta read, we gotta pray, we gotta do these things. And what happens is, is it, is it blocks. It blocks what He wants to do because now we've turned it into works where it's about what you do. Because see, listen, if, if we're, if we're really walking in Jesus' faith, then we can wake up every day in an expectation of Him to do something good because Jesus did everything perfect. And I'm living with the faith of the perfect one. Huh? I'm living with the faith of Jesus. So therefore, I can wake up every day in expectation, knowing that God's going to do something good. Why? Because I'm living with His faith, not my faith. That's why Jesus is like, all it takes is the faith of a mustard seed. But it's living in His faith, not my faith. That's what it's all about. It talks about in, in Hebrews chapter chapter four, and I love this um, in the in the mirror mirror translation. Um, Abraham, while he had every reason, you know, I put this up because this this is the mirror. While Abraham had every reason to doubt the promise, he didn't hesitate for a moment, but instead, empowered by faith, confidence. He continued to communicate God's opinion. What is he saying? 
Abraham, everything around him, one translation says, against hope, he believed in hope. Everything around him, think about 2020 right now. We stepped into 2020 so excited, didn't we? We stepped into 2020 with like just un, like nothing can come against us. This is going to be an amazing year. Well, why aren't we still walking like that? Or are we? I mean, I'm saying I'm not judging you guys. I'm just saying I see a lot of stuff on Facebook. So I can tell you there's a lot of people that aren't walking like that. Why? Because they're living with their faith and their faith is determined by situations and circumstances. Jesus' faith is not. Jesus' faith is only moved by what God says, period. So there's a difference between me having my faith and me living with Jesus' faith. Because my faith can be moved by situations and by circumstances. Jesus' faith is only moved by what the Father has said, period. The Father said 2020 is a year of vision. It is a year of clarity. And God is looking for people who will walk with the faith of Jesus so that He can accomplish what He wants to do right now. When the economy looks like it's tanking, we're just increasing. We're opening up businesses. We're doing absolutely amazing. Our bank accounts are going up. Everything is moving upward, upward, upward. Why? Because we live by the faith of Jesus and in His faith we move from glory to glory, from good to gooder, from better to best, from awesome to even more awesome. Like awesome sauce. That's what we do in the faith of Jesus. And what does it say about Abraham? Well, he had every reason to doubt that 2020 is crashing. Why? Well, everything around you says that it is, right? Election year. I mean, we could go on and all that stuff. We talked about it a couple, a couple weeks ago. That when Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, He said, My kingdom, my kingdom has nothing to do with, with, the, with governmental or religious systems. Political or religious systems. My kingdom has nothing to do with politics. We should pray for them, but we don't get involved in it unless God's called you to get involved in it. And He is raising up Ezra's and Nehemiah's and uh, Esther's. He's raising them up. He is. But if He hasn't called you to that, just let's just talk about the goodness of God in the land of the living. Or just speak grace over them. Listen, even right now, we bless Joe Biden's mind. We bless his mind. We bless his mind with clarity. We bless his mind to be just the mind of Christ. We bless that. We bless his body. Doesn't mean I'm going to vote for him. But the reality is, God looks down at Joe Biden and he loves him with the same passionate love he loves you and Jesus. And he hurts for Joe Biden in his mind just as much as Joe Biden's wife. He feels their pain. So we bless, we bless your mind, Joe Biden. We bless your mind today. We speak, we speak clarity. We speak health and healing over your mind this morning. Why? Because the kingdom of God is not political. And I'm never going to use Jesus to get into the agendas of politics. It, it just stays over here. This is a great year. And I'm not speaking that like just by like, okay, I know every, I'm, I'm literally letting you guys know. He has given us a dream, an amazing dream of a business 
He hasn't given us all the instructions, but all He says is, I just want you to dream. We know where we're going, just like Abraham knew the father of many nations. Abraham, look up at the stars. Can you count them? I can't count them. Well, that's how many kids I'm going to give you. Abraham knew the outcome. He just didn't know the process. And you know what? That's okay. Because the only thing I need in the process is the faith of Jesus. That's all I need in the process. Because when I carry the faith of Jesus, I wake up every day wondering if today's going to be the day. And it's not because I spent 30 minutes praying in the Spirit. And it's not because I read my Bible this morning. And it's not because I did anything and I gave and I did that. That's not what it's about. I wake up every day in expectation because I'm a son of God. God, and I live with His faith that He gave me. And that persuades my heart. And it says, while He had every reason to doubt the promise, He did not hesitate for a moment, but instead, empowered by faith, confidence. I am fully persuaded that He that spoke this dream into existence will fulfill the very dream that He spoke. Why? Because He's the author of our dream. We didn't create this thing. We didn't make this thing up. We are living in the dream of God. And I don't care what I see around me. I am becoming persuaded every single day that the one who promised will bring what he promised to pass. While he had every reason to doubt the promise, he never hesitated for a moment, but instead he was empowered by faith confidence. He continued to communicate God's opinion. It is all about us making sure we are speaking the opinion of God. What God says. What does God say about Joe Biden? What does God say about President Trump? What does God say about this school year? What does God say about your income and your finances and your job? What is He saying? Because in the kingdom there's no lack, so He can't be talking about lack. In the kingdom there's no sickness, so He can't be talking about sickness. In the kingdom there's no death, so He can't be talking about death. In the kingdom, there's unity. So he must be talking about unity. In the kingdom, there's prosperity. He must be talking about prosperity. In the kingdom, there's nothing but victory. So he must be talking about victory. That's what the Father is saying. And when I live by the faith of Jesus, I am persuaded by the opinion of God and only his opinion. Abraham's confidence, listen to this, Abraham's confidence was his dress code. Abraham's confidence in what God said was his dress code. You ever been to a school that has a dress code? You have to wear the certain clothes. Uniforms. I went to a school with a dress code. And the Bible says Abraham's confidence was what he put on every morning. What was his confidence in? His confidence confidence was in what God said about the situation, not what he saw, not what he felt, not what he heard, unless it was from God. That was his dress code. Every day Abraham put on the dress code of confidence that God will do what God said. 2020 is a year of clarity, prosperity, increase, and the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. God has spoken. That is my dress code. That is my confidence. I will not be moved by anything else that I see. Abraham's confidence was his dress code. He knew beyond doubt that the power of God to perform was equal to his 
promise. The power of God to do what He said equaled what He said. His power equaled His Word. And Abraham knew that. Abraham knew that if you've said this, then your power is equal to what you've said. If you've said 2020 is going to be a year of victory, it's going to be a year of increase and a year of prosperity, you've said it, then I know that your power is equal to accomplish it. What's my part? To walk with the faith of Jesus. Listen to this. I love this one. The persuasion of God rubbed off on Abraham and became his personal conviction. See, God, when He speaks something, He's actually persuaded that what He says will happen. How many of you realize that? God doesn't speak... He didn't sit back and look at 2020 and say, this is going to be a year of clarity, provision, prosperity, and the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. And He's not looking down there on July or in August and going... I don't know if I should have said that or not. It's really getting ugly down there. No, you know why? Because when God says it, He actually believes it's going to come to pass. And nothing that happens around Him that's contrary moves Him. Romans 3 verse 1 says that, that contradictions, contradictions neither diminish nor challenge the faith of God. What does that mean? When, 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 when God speaks something, it doesn't matter what's happening around it, because it doesn't diminish or intimidate what God has said. God is not intimidated by situations and circumstances. Why? Because He's fully persuaded that what He said is going to happen. Do you, do you believe? Do you believe that God is fully persuaded when He speaks something? Or do you think that when God speaks something, He spends six months scratching His head, wondering if it's actually going to happen because of everything that's going on around what He said? Selah. Think about it for a minute. God speaks a word. Is He persuaded of what He has said? I fully believe that God is fully persuaded when God speaks. I fully believe that God has confidence that what He says is going to happen. Yeah. And it also says, you're right. He said, what would you say? Because it's truth. It's truth. And it also says it's impossible for Him to lie. I mean, if God says something, it's got to happen because He can't lie. Man, how persuaded would you be about somebody if they told you something was going to happen and it was impossible for them to lie about it? Abraham understood that. See, when God speaks, He's fully persuaded. When He said this was going to be a year of prosperity, this was going to be a year of clarity, this was going to be a year of increase, this is going to be a year of just revealing of the sons and the true nature of the sons and daughters of God, He's persuaded about it. Politics and religion do not move Him from being persuaded. And then He gives you the, His very faith. Here, hold on to that. You're going to need it. And it's what He did with Abraham. And the Bible says that the persuasion of God rubbed off on Abraham 
And it became Abraham's personal conviction. It didn't matter what Abraham saw in the natural. Abraham wasn't moved by it. Why? Because God's persuasion rubbed off on him. And now Abraham's like, I, it's all over me. And, and I can't, it's just all over me now. And like, all I, all I can do is just be fully persuaded in what God has said. It's all over me. So I get excited sometimes. Yeah, it is a good excitement. Abraham became that, 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 that man that like was so, so persuaded. It didn't, it didn't matter what, it didn't matter what Abraham heard on the radio and saw on TV or read on Facebook. Abraham was fully persuaded because God's persuasion rubbed off on him and it became his personal Conviction. And when something becomes your personal conviction, anytime you talk about something, you are going to talk positive. You are going to talk victory. You are going to talk more than a conqueror. Why? Because God's persuasion, who only knows victory, has now rubbed off on you and it's become your personal conviction. The word faith, the word faith is the, is in the Greek is the word pistis. And what the word pistis means is to be persuaded with the persuasion of God. See, we've, we've turned faith into us trying to persuade God that we actually believe what He said. And how do we do it? We read our Bible. We pray. We pray in the Spirit. We tell others about Jesus. What are we doing? We're, we're convincing Him that we believe what He said. See, we've turned faith into us trying to persuade Him. That's not what faith is. Faith is us being persuaded in the persuasion that He's already persuaded in. Faith is about you being persuaded, not Him. That's what faith is. Being persuaded with the persuasion of God. I am fully persuaded. My persuasion is the same persuasion of God. If God said it and He's not wondering if it's going to happen, but He's fully persuaded because He said it, because He can't lie, then I'm going to be persuaded with His persuasion. It's, 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 it's not about us. It's not about you reading more and praying more and Sharabakito Basho more. It's not about that. It's about being persuaded with the persuasion of God. It's about letting persuasion become your personal conviction. How many of us are personally convicted that this is the best year of your life? And I'm talking about personally convicted. To have a conviction means you believe in something so strong that you cannot be moved from it. How many of us look into 2020 with pistis?
Listen, we can only do that with the faith of Jesus. Because, see, Jesus knows the beginning from the end. Jesus began it and Jesus finished it. We're living the book He wrote. We need to stop trying to write our own story and just live out His story. History. His story. And how do we do that? We live by the faith of Jesus. His faith. He that began a good work will complete that good work. It's all about Jesus. And when we, when we make it all about Him and we stop making it about us, that's victory. One of the most freeing things we can do is just forget about ourselves and make it all about Him. And become so fully persuaded How do we know Abraham forgot about himself? Because the Bible says against hope, he believed in hope. What does that mean? When everything around him contradicted what what God had said, what did he do? He believed in what God said. Every reason to doubt was all around Abraham. The Bible says he was impotent. God told him he'd be the father of many nations. And he's impotent. The Bible says that Sarah's womb was dead. But yet God said with persuasion that you will be the father of many nations. God was so persuaded about it that He even changed Abraham's name and He put Ha in it, which was Jehovah, which was grace. So that every time Abraham heard His name, father of many nations, what was God trying to do? Convince Abraham. Why? Because faith is about you and me being convinced, not convincing Him, because He's already convinced. Because why? He completed it all. He did it all. There's nothing left to do. He completed it, and you know what He did when He got done? He sat down. Why? Because it's done. And the Bible says that we're we're seated at the right, we're to sit down with Him and wake up every morning. It's hope. You know what the world needs right now is hope. And what is hope? Not the world kind of hope. Not the hope where we hope it's going to happen, but we don't really know. But we'll be excited if it does, but we'll be disappointed if it don't. But we're hoping and praying. That's not hope. That's, that's misery. That's living in misery. Because you really want this, but you're not really sure if it's going to happen. But you're going to hope and pray. And if I pray, and pray in the Spirit, and read more, and do more stuff, maybe God will be convinced that I really believe it's going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. Why? Because I'm not really living in pistis. I'm not really living in the persuasion of God. I'm actually in the way. Because I'm trying to make things happen. When God's like, sit down, take my faith, live in my persuasion. I've said it, I'll see it through, I'll accomplish it, and I'll give you my faith to believe it, so that you can be persuaded. I'll end with the scripture in Hebrews chapter 4. And I love the heart of the Father, man, just to see things. Listen, Jesus said in, 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 uh, <laughs> Jesus said in Mark 11, because 
It, it is. I know we go through battles and we go through breakthroughs. I understand that. But it's like in the charismatic world, that's like we live from battle to battle and breakthrough to breakthrough. Y'all know what I'm saying? We got more songs in the charismatic movement about breakthroughs and journeys and processes than we do about victory. Because we're just moving, we're, we're always moving to a victory. Why don't we just get to the victory? Why don't we live from the victory? Instead of trying to get to it. Why? Because we're living in our faith. We're needing a breakthrough. We're needing to, and listen, I understand. Sometimes we do need, we do have battles. What does our battle look like? Our battle is to fight the good fight of pistis. Your battle is to learn how to be persuaded with the persuasion of God. It's learning to rest. Rest in what? The persuasion of God. When you really think God's going to come through, are you going to need to add anything to what He does? What do you do? You sit down. Why? Because the work's done. God's going to do it. Maybe He tells you to dream. Maybe He says to go call this person. You listen to what He says. He'll give you instructions. But you're not doing things to convince Him that you believe. You're doing things because He says, hey, this is what it's season for. This is what it's time for. This is what you need to do now. Maybe you just need to dream. Maybe you just need to sit down and dream and see it. See it in your subconscious. See it in your heart. The heart of your mind. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Jesus he speaks to this tree. They walk by. I'm not going to get it. He speaks to the tree and it dies overnight. And, and the disciples walk by and they're like, oh, what the, what the, Jesus, look, the tree that you, you cursed is shriveled up. And Jesus is like, guys, listen. Anybody that will say to a mountain, be picked up and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in their heart, but would believe, pistis, but would believe that what they say will come to pass. Do you believe that what you say comes to pass? Because it does. What you say comes to pass. You see, well, sometimes we've allowed ourselves to be filled with so much frustration and questions. And listen, here's the reality. Science has proven it. Science has proven that what you put in your, in your heart, what's in your heart, and you speak what's in your heart with your mouth, it literally comes to pass. Which is why... I want to put the faith of Jesus in my heart and be persuaded with the persuasion of God so that when I speak, I speak kingdom reality into this world because I know that what I speak is going to happen. Whosoever shall say to a mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say is going to happen. You're going to have what you say. Now, we stop right there, but I want to take you into the next verse. Jesus says in in verse 24, Therefore... Now, when you see the word therefore, Jesus is like, hey, I really need you to pay attention because I'm about to tell you something that's connected to what I just said. Therefore, when you pray, whatever you desire, believe that you have already received it. Now, the King James says, and you shall have it. But in the Greek, the word is I may. I-M-E-E with an accent mark, I may. That word I may means I am. 
It means I exist. What Jesus is saying is that when you pray and you pray your desires and you, listen, you believe that you have already received it. Jesus says, when you pray from that position, I will manifest myself as that very desire. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you have already received. There's a secret here that Jesus wants us to know. And it's called emotion. How would you feel if the thing that you desired had already come to pass? What emotions would you attach to that reality? Because Jesus says, when you attach emotions to the desire as if it's already come to pass, I will manifest myself in that very thing that you have attached your emotions to. Your emotions will, uh, will manifest themselves to the thing you attach them to. Listen, if, if, if you're believing for breakthrough, if you're believing for something, what does it look like as if it has already happened? What kind of emotions would you have? See, we wait for the breakthrough to respond with emotion. And Jesus said, if you'll respond with emotion as if you've already received the breakthrough, I'll manifest myself to you in that very thing that you have expressed. Why? It's not Jesus saying, if you do this, I'll do that. Jesus is letting you know how your heart functions. He is letting you know the power of your imagination. He is letting you know you are, Psalms 86.4, an Elohim in His image. You have been created in the image of God. You have been made just like Him, a little God in His mind. You are created just like Him with the ability to create. And Jesus is letting us know in Mark 11.23 and 24, the key to receive the very things we have desire for. When you attach an emotion to your imagination of the very thing that you've desired, and you learn to live from that place with pistis, you wake up every day convinced that it's already happened. And I'm not just talking about schooling yourself in faith. I'm talking about learning to let emotions, excitement, joy bubble up in you as if it, until you can see it. Abraham saw himself as a father of many nations before he saw the first son. And he was excited about what he saw. And in that excitement, God manifested himself. Listen. Hebrews 6, talking about Abraham. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise 
As sure as God exists. When God speaks, He doesn't just speak. He actually, when He gives you a promise, He actually makes an oath. He swears on His name. Why? Because He is that persuaded that it's going to happen. See, Jesus told us not to swear, make oaths. Because the reality is, sometimes we don't follow through in everything that we should follow through in. But here's the other reality. God always does because He can't lie. So when He makes a promise, not only does He give you a promise, but He puts an oath on it because He knows He can't lie. And then in that promise, and then He makes an oath, we pick up the faith of Jesus to allow ourselves to become persuaded in what God has said. We have to stop trying to persuade God because He's already persuaded. There's nothing left to persuade God about. It's why the quiet matters. Because it's in the quiet place. You don't convince God. You rewrite the reality on your heart. You become so convinced of the promises of God that every time you open your mouth, only life comes out. Every time you see in your imagination, you see yourself as if it's already happened. This is pistis. This is allowing ourselves to become persuaded in the persuasion of God. Have no doubt, I promise to bless you over and over and multiply you without measure. Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. Now, it's very common for people to swear an oath by someone greater than themselves, but the oath will confirm their statement and end all dispute. Listen, when a person makes an oath, it literally ends all disputing. Everybody just becomes quiet. Why? Because the per- See, we don't understand. We've lost that. I was in the car dealership the other day and, and it said they had their three C's of customers and the first one was like, we've made a covenant with our customers. Listen, I highly doubt it. Because a covenant, a covenant means that if you don't fulfill your part, you, you have to die. This is why Jesus said, don't make covenants. I'll make the covenant for you. See, see Jesus has made a covenant For you, not with you. Jesus stood in your place. Him and the Father made a covenant and made an oath to do the very thing that He's promised you. Where were you at? You're resting. You're sleeping. And He's making the oath and the promise. What is your part? To pick up that faith of Jesus because He's so persuaded about that oath. And what happens? So in the same way God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit His promise. His purpose was unchangeable. So God added His vow to the promise. God has made a vow. What God is saying is if I don't come through for you, I will die. If 2020... It's not a year of prosperity. It's not a year of victory. 
is not a year of clarity, if 2020 is not a year of vision, there's two things that's going on. God's going to have to kill Himself or me and you aren't walking in the pistis of God. That's the only reason 2020 will not be the most victorious year that you've ever come out of. Period. Either God's a liar and He's going to have to kill Himself or we're not fully persuaded in His persuasion about this year. Yet. So it's, it's impossible for God to lie, for we know that His promise and His vow will never change. And now we have run into His heart to hide ourselves in His faithfulness. Where are we hiding? We're hiding in His faithfulness. See, listen, I'm, I'm going I'm to wrap up. I, I'm done. I won't even finish this part. Listen, the prodigal son story. Y'all know the story, right? The prodigal son, he leaves... He spends it all. He comes home. His dad like meets him. We won't get into the details. He throws him a party. What, what happens to the old son? Sometimes we forget about the older son, right? Because he, he didn't... He, he saw the party and what did he do? He got mad. And, and the father's like, where's, where's my oldest? Because it was actually... It was actually... Um, uh, uh, <coughs> what's the word? Uh, disrespectful for the elder son not to go into the into the place where the son where the father was thrown. It was a disrespect. So the father's like, "Where, son? Where are you at, son? What's going on?" And he walks up to his dad and he's like, "I've been with you my whole life, and I've done everything. I've read my Bible. I've prayed. I pray in tongues twenty minutes every single day. I listen to teaching. I've memorized a third of the Bible." I always go to church. I'm always there in the volunteers. I've done everything. And you won't throw me a party. And the the father looks at the son and he says, Son, everything I have is yours. And I'm never going to throw a party over your faithfulness. I throw parties because you belong to me. Period. We're, we're, we're trying to convince God when God's like, stop trying to convince me and be convinced with my convincing. Twenty twenty is a breakout year. Twenty twenty is a year when the sons and daughters of God realize that they're sons and daughters of God. I don't care what we see. Because Abraham wasn't moved. Abraham was impotent and still fully persuaded that he would father an entire nation. I can guarantee you one thing. He didn't talk about his impotence. You know what he talked about? He talked about the promise. And the Bible says he dove in and he came out strong. And sometimes we jest. But I, 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 I want you to, guys to realize that honestly, jesting, when we jest, it's, it's actually revealing what's in us. Because we'll, we'll see something and we'll kind of we'll jest about it. It's kind of like sarcasm. Sarcasm is a way to tell the truth hidden in a joke. 
I've learned that, haven't I? I want to, I want to tell you what I really think, so I'm just going to cover it up in, in just a funny, funny word. But it's really a way for me to reveal to you what I really think about you. I just say it sarcastically so it won't hurt. And jesting can be the same way. See, Abraham never jested. He only spoke about the persuasion that he was persuaded with. Let's be careful with our jesting. Let's, let's, let's let our hearts be persuaded. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank You for this time, Lord. I thank You, Father. Lord, uh, uh, first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 2 had the... Um, you know, the words, one, one translation says, had the, the princes of this world known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. But Father, I thank you that, that one translation says, the, uh, despite uh, what they think, these evil powers are losing their grip on this world. And Father, I am persuaded in that truth and that reality. I fully am persuaded in that. No matter what I see, no matter what I hear, I am persuaded that the evil powers of this world are trembling and losing their grip. Every single day, they, have, they are losing another grip on this world. I am persuaded in that. Because you're persuaded in that. And I live by the faith of Jesus, not my own faith. And Father, even today, we just, we just crush any faith that's not of the faith of Jesus. We just crush it right now. And that we just pick up the faith of Jesus. He started it. He completed it. And He did it perfectly. And I don't have to start it, finish it, and do it perfectly. I just get to pick up His faith and walk it out. And be persuaded. Like an anchor to my soul. Father, I thank You that every day we get up and Lord, we look like George Washington on that boat crossing the Delaware. We just got, we just got our chest out our foot on the edge of that boat, and we're just going to the other side. Why? Because we're fully persuaded that what you said, you're going to bring about. And I just, I just thank you for the faith of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your love. Father, if, you, if, you, if while we were at our worst, you gave your life for us, how much more now that we are redeemed and sanctified and set free will You daily deliver us from the powers of sin? How much more? We were at our worst and You gave Your life. You didn't come down here because we had convinced You that we were worth it. You came down here because You were convinced that we were worth it. And I thank You, Father, that we get to live from Your faith, not ours. Because we're worth it. I am fully persuaded that the worst person is worth the payment that You pay. Thank You, Father, for victory. Thank You for the revelation of sons and daughters of God. Thank You for the prosperity that You're bringing us this year. Thank You for the dreams and the visions. I thank You for Isaiah 54. Pull up the, the, tags of, uh, the pegs of Your tent. Spread them out. I want You to dream big. Because I can do and I'm able to do above and beyond all that You ask, think, hope, 
or desire according to the power, the dutimous power that works in you. And I just thank you, Father, for this is a year of just amazing things. Thank you, Father, for hope. Thank you for excitement. Thank you for expectation every single day, Father. Not that we're just praying out our desires, but we're living from a place, seeing them already coming to pass. Where you can manifest yourself in that place. In Jesus' name, amen.